Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is the Pro Wrestling Show, which is very handy because it makes the title all come together. And very excitingly, we are only, what, 10 days away from the Royal Rumble? And man, do I like the Royal Rumble. Like, WrestleMania is a show of shows and the granddaddy of them all. But now that it goes over two nights and you kind of lose the, the somewhat specialness of the main event that you get in WrestleMania, Royal Rumble now is number one for me. I mean, I think it was pretty much number one already. And it's just, again, it goes to show if you have a good match concept, you can make it go for, what, 33, 34, 35 years. It was 1988, the first one, I believe. So what's that? 1988, 2008, 34 years. I think that's right. Who knows? Just made it up in my head. It may, may have been a completely different one. Although if you've never seen the first Raw Rumble, it's like 20 people. They don't really have the entrance music or the timings down. Hacksaw Jim Duggan wins. And after that one, Vince McMahon was like, Pat, you matter Hubbard, Pat Patterson. That was a terrible idea. We're never doing it again. Then, of course, it would make... Was that the 88 one? I don't even know. I'm just rambling now. The point is, it's come a long way. It absolutely rocks. And I suppose the nearest thing to this is the money in the bank. I guess... Well, I mean, you could say the Elimination Chamber too. But, I mean, given especially that the Elimination Chamber is happening next month in Saudi Arabia, I can think we can safely say that's been sullied a little bit. Whereas the money in the bank has probably become the fourth pay-per-view you know so you've got Royal Rumble Wrestlemania used to be Survivor Series and SummerSlam now I'd probably say you move Survivor Series out the way and money in the bank goes in there and you know that WWE thinks that too because of course Royal Rumble is going down on Saturday Wrestlemania will be on Saturday night one I think Survivor Series and SummerSlam are both on Saturdays too and I've told you before I'll tell you again I hate that damn you Nick Khan who I think uh, said they should do this I mean WWE has been Sunday pay-per-views for forever and I get why you know, I'm very lucky, right? The reason it pisses me off is because I get to wake up on a Monday and watch a show for my job. And I totally understand if you don't do that. Of course you want on a Saturday. You want to wake up on a Sunday, your weekend, and enjoy some pro wrestling. But we, well, I'm being selfish. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, I'm being massively selfish and I don't like it. But given that the Royal Rumble is so close and given that we have some, some changes in the deck, I thought we should discuss who should win the Royal Rumble. And I've come up with five names. Five names of people who I believe should win the Royal Rumble and obviously we're going to do three. Actually, we'll do six. We'll do three from the men's, three from the women's. I'll just pop up another one from my head from somewhere. And my number one person to now win the Money in the Bank, losing it, the Raw Rumble, is Big E. He was actually not on Raw last night, I've just realized, which is a little bit worry, conspicuous with his absence, but that's okay. I don't actually mind it when stars go away. I think one of the best things AEW has done has built such a good roster that you can lose a Kenny Omega, you can lose a John Moxley, you can lose a Chris Jericho who went on tour, and you have people to step into their place. Now, admittedly, I don't think WWE has done that as well. They have their very core stars, and they don't push new people, although there are a few nuggets in there. You know, we've got Austin Theory, uh, we've got Damian Priest, etc., etc. So, and Gable Stevenson, hopefully, when he joins, they seem to have big plans for him. So, I would put him on SmackDown and do the same thing, same thing over there. But notwithstanding the fact that Big E wasn't on Raw, you know, he lost to Seth Rollins last week. He lost his WWE title to Brock Lesnar. Now, I don't think this is part of. Well, I don't think when he lost his title to Brock at day one that this was the plan but I do believe he lost to Seth Rollins because WWE is doing that thing where they've decided well Big E can be the champion and that could maybe build to a Seth Rollins Big E match at Wrestlemania which I do think was the plan at one point don't know who knows and you could always switch to Bobby Lashley that would be fine as well or even Kevin Owens I would take all of these 
But yes, WWE always thinks, well, they're going to win the Royal Rumble, so we can just, to use the terms, job them out until then, because the Royal Rumble will get them back on track. And there is kind of truth to that. And maybe we talked about this last week, so forgive me if I am repeating myself, but we will get into other winners. The other way you know, to, to, to do this is to tie into the fact that WrestleMania is two nights because I think the two main events of WrestleMania this year is going to be Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. We'll get to that in one second. And Roman Reigns versus Brock, Brock Lesnar round 79. So I worry that WWE still doesn't see Big E as the champion and the hero that he is. So they probably don't want to put him in the main event because they don't think he's ready for that yet, which is Poppycock, of course he is. And you know, if you're not ready, do you know what a great way to get ready for it is? Go in the damn main event of WrestleMania. So it actually benefits him in terms of a Raw Rumble win because either on night one or night two, whatever the hell you want to do, it will be first on the card or maybe it'll be sixth on the card. I don't know. And that probably means he can win it as well. And then hopefully we can actually, because usually what happens in WWE is you can have a crap first title reign, but on your second one, it usually means the company does have faith in you and they push you properly. And that's what I would like throughout 2022. I would like Biggie wins the Royal Rumble, Biggie wins the title at uh, WrestleMania, and then goes all the way through to Survivor Series at the earliest before maybe losing it or passing it on to somebody else. And when we do do that, we've established him as a main eventer who can come and go from that scene, such as like a Seth Rollins, right? Seth Rollins has done the same, and I think Biggie could be in that position too. So Biggie is my first choice. In at number two, I'm going to pull a random one, and you're going to be Simon, you're crazy. But look, it ties into what I was just saying about new stars. Give it to Austin Theory. If Vince McMahon has already hinted at this, I don't think that ties into anything. And you know, WWE, I'm sure WWE knows that they want to win the Royal Rumble, or at least have a have an idea. But I can't remember one time, and I'll probably remember that I'm wrong at some point during this rant. But I can't remember a time when WWE actually took a somewhat newcomer and made them a star by having them win the Royal Rumble. I think the one that surprised me most back in the day was Sheamus, but he'd already been a world champion by then. I didn't think Alberto Del Rio was going to win in 2011, but again, I feel like he'd already been established. And then you've got your Stone Cold, you've got your Rocks, you've got Triple H, and obviously Roman Reigns never won one, has he? I think he's been runner-up four times. Or has he? I can't remember. There's been 35 million Raw Rumbles. But I like Austin Theory. I think he has something, or at least the way they've been portraying him on Raw, I don't know what it is. I, I, I think actually it comes down to the fact that it's different, it's fresh, and it's something new. And he, he's quite, you know, he's quite a decent wrestler, and his gimmick works, right? He fits into that scene, and obviously has the type of look that WWE likes. So... I hope they give it to him if they really have no ideas. Biggie would absolutely be my first choice, but otherwise I'd give it to him. And just to go absolutely nuts to the third one, it also basically segues correct uh, right on from this. Have Braun Breaker win it, right? Is Braun Breaker ready for that spot? No, but I just told you my feelings on people being ready or not ready. Let's just do something new and do something fresh. I'm so sick of the status quo. Like one of my big problems with Raw last night, although I actually thought overall the good bits were good enough that it got me through it, is that everything just feels the same. Like the Street Profits and the Mysterios versus the Dirty Dogs, Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. And I've seen this before. And it's great tag team action because you four guys absolutely rock, or you're eight guys. But it doesn't feel like it's breaking down you know, wrestling walls or anything like that. I'm not saying you have to completely, you know, change the wheel or rewrite the, the rule book. But there is just a way to do things. We go, oh man, this is interesting. This is different. Where's that going to go? And Bron Baker is that guy right now. I mean, he's had like four matches and he's the best person in the world. Everybody likes him. Everybody wants to see him do well. He too fits the WWE mold. So why wait around? Let him, you know, <laughs> let him learn on the job. It's a massive risk and you shouldn't do it. There's no way you should do it. You should let people grow and get experience because then when they are ready for the quote unquote big time and, you know, bigger TV numbers, they will adapt to it better. 
But I, I tell you this, I would much rather a Bron Breaker won it than a Randy Orton. And that's no disrespect to Randy Orton. I love Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton is absolutely great and WWE have been lucky to have him for so long. But I've seen it and I've been there and I've done it. And while I go, okay, yes, I get it. Randy winning the Rumble makes sense because he is a super duper star. It's not going to make me get to the end of that four hour event or whatever the hell it may be and go, oh, sweet. I can't wait to see Raw. I can't wait to see SmackDown. Either that or as a secret fourth option, let Cesaro win it, because that goes the other way. Like, he's been around so long, he has established himself, but he's never been given an opportunity like that. I'd be so pleased for him, it would be awesome. But that's not going to happen. So I'm going to go for those three. And on the women's side, Bianca Belair has got to be the top choice. Not only does it mean she wins back-to-back Raw Rumbles, and I'm sure somebody has done that, but I can't think. I don't think anyone's ever done it in the women's Rumble, so that still counts. Doing that straight away gets her rocking and rolling again, which we should do. And it also sets up this Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair contest at WrestleMania, where, of course, Bianca Belair should beat Becky Lynch, which kind of brings the end to an August, where's the end of August? So what, September, October, November, December, January, February, March? Eight-month storyline. That's when Becky Lynch uh, returned. And once more, I don't think WWE has intended to do this, but it will work. And... If 2022 isn't the year of Bianca Belair, where we'd really go all in to try... I mean, she already is a star. She's great. But I'm talking about pushing her as hard as we can. Then I don't know what we're doing because she's great. She's got a character. She's got a gimmick. She can wrestle. She's really strong. You know, when she's doing all her happy stuff, you just feel so, well, pleased for her. And you're like, yeah, man, do more, do more. I even think at one point, no, not time soon. I'm talking years down the line. She could probably be an effective bad guy as well. But not if you don't need to be. Like, there's no need, you don't have to be a bad guy. Look at John Cena. He came out this week and was talking about when uh, he was going to face The Rock and Vincent Mann was like, I think we should turn you heel. And John Cena was like, well, we can do this, but if we do it, we have to go all in. There's no turning back, which is ultimately why they didn't. So you don't have to do it, but I think Bianca has the chops to do both sides. But I would spend the next couple of years turning her into the best baby face ever because it's right there and it's looking at you. Otherwise, it gets a little bit harder on the women's side like if you gave it to a Liv Morgan would I mind no but I feel like we've done that program we've done that feud there's probably some surprises we don't know about like if I was gonna pick someone crazy I'd say let Mickey James win it because then you have a true forbidden door at Wrestlemania but we all know that's not gonna happen Mickey James probably only gonna last 60 seconds but again I still think it's good for the impact brand because I don't think anybody watches wrestling anymore and if somebody doesn't have a, a good showing they go oh well that reflects badly on the promotion because we all know what's going on right we understand what's happening behind the curtain so if you wanted to do something nuts, I know it wasn't the greatest segment in the world, but the Lita Charlotte Flair stuff that happened on SmackDown, yes, the twist of fate didn't go right. Oh, the amount of messages I get, Simon, you didn't mention that move was botched. You don't think they don't know it was botched? I have made plenty of mistakes of my life. They don't need some bald a-hole yelling at them for a move that didn't go how they wanted to. It happens, man. We drop the ball. What you do is you get back on the horse and you ride in out of town. But I wouldn't mind Lita winning the Royal Rumble and going on to fight Charlotte Flair. Like, I, it kind of ties into the Big E Seth Rollins stuff. I don't think either, I don't think the Charlotte Flair match, uh, SmackDown women's title match, is going to headline night one or night two. So you can do something a little bit more fun with it. And if you are changing the Raw Women's Championship, maybe you don't have to change the SmackDown one. Because at the moment, given the way that I've booked it, I mean, whatever title Seth will have, Universal, WWE, that will switch. Becky's will switch. There'll probably be some other switches. And you do want some people to retain, because again, it just makes for a more interesting card and i'm not look back in the day i wasn't the leader's biggest fan i'm not saying anything like that you know i do think she's a hall of famer and i do think she was a trailblazer but it, it's, it's like i wasn't a big fan of jeff hardy when i was a kid i preferred matt there's no reason it's not because jeff hardy wasn't a great wrestler he was and he still is but when you are of that age some people you just warm towards and some people you don't i don't even know why it doesn't make any sense so that would be something different and given how 
well, Lita was booted out of the company first time around. They probably do owe her something. Tying that in, actually, there was a rumor this week that apparently last year AEW was discussing about Lita coming in and she was going to work a big program with Britt Baker. I would guess, and I don't know this, complete speculation. I mean, that that's speculation in itself. That AEW probably didn't offer her the money that WWE can. So she thought, well, there's no point, you know, killing off that cash cow. But I would have liked to have seen that. I think that probably would have got a few eyes on it, too. And then when we come down to my last person that I have to make up on the fly because I didn't think of anyone, I don't think Dewdrop's going to work. Well, she's not going to be in it anyway. You would doubt because she'll be in the main event with Becky. Uh, sorry, in the in the women's title match with Becky Lynch. So give it to Dana Brooke. <laughs> I like Dana Brooke. I think Dana Brooke works really hard. I think Dana Brooke has passion, you know, constantly. But those skits with Reggie <laughs> on, <laughs> on Raw are something else, man. I tell you, like, I can't give them an up because I've realized they're not good. <laughs> but the reason I like them is because they're not good. That's why I think they're so awesome, because they're an absolute roller coaster. So give it to Dana Brooke and, and let her do one of her weird promos afterwards as well. She does some really weird promos. Like she was bigging up Reggie this week, and I don't understand. <laughs> it's just the things you say. You can do it, Reg. I believe in you. It's like he's fighting a massive, a massive guy. The whole twenty four seven championship situation is is off the wall. But hey ho. So they're my picks for the Raw Rumble. Please do let me know your picks. You can tell me at Simon three one six on Instagram and Twitter. Maybe you can comment on this podcast on your application of choice. I don't know. I've never commented on a podcast, so I don't know. But absolutely, throw me your names and we'll have a big discussion about that as well. I'll try and tally them and see who the front runners are. I haven't seen any betting odds yet. They usually come out quite early for the Royal Rumble, so maybe they are out there somewhere. And as we are talking about stuff like this, thank you very much to my patrons. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. Without you, I don't get to do this. So massive respect, and I will see you soon. Very weak. I will see you soon. Very. Why can I not talk? because I can't handle this Xbox news. I'm not going to talk about it here. Literally an hour before I did this, Xbox announced, or Microsoft announced, they're buying Activision. So Call of Duty is going to be Xbox exclusive. And I was like, flub me sideways. That is nuts. But I can't talk. Point is, I can't even remember what I was saying. Basically, without my patrons, I can't do this. So thank you very much. We should probably go through Raw. I mean, not go through Raw, but talk about it overall. Again, it wasn't the best show. They were going up against an NFL playoff game for the first time ever. So there's every chance they thought they were going to phone it in. But things that I did like massively. Alpha Academy getting the spotlight put on them. Thought that was great. No idea what an IQ test is going to be between them and RK Bro, but they'll probably make it work. They're quite entertaining chaps. Kevin Owens versus Damian Priest. Really enjoyed that. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley in the main event. Enjoyed that. Hate the DQ, but what are you going to do? I think that was about it, if we're being completely honest. That eight man we talked about was fine as well. And I did like Austin Theory versus Finn Balor. The problem with that is, is that, well, it's not a problem because I don't want to be a hypocrite and I will be. And I'm, I, you know, that's, that's not fair. But I'm kind of torn in the sense that I love the fact Austin Theory got a big win over someone that I deem to be a big superstar. But we already know that WWE doesn't see Finn Balor in that way. So we're not sure what it means for Austin Theory. And I do want Austin Theory to get a massive push. I do. I'm not massively into him. I'm repeating myself now, but if you are a new guy right now, I'm all over it and I just want to do I just want to do a flip. Don't do not understand everything between Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. Don't understand how they're playing it. You know, Rhea Ripley is such a monster. I don't get why she isn't treated like that. Doesn't mean she has to go bad guy, but she should be whipping everybody's ass. I actually forgot that Carmella and Zelina Vega were the tag team champions because WWE has forgotten. I mean, there's just 
Well, the, the biggest problem I have with WWE's women's division, especially on Raw, is that everyone gets pushed together and we don't need to do that. I'm not massively into Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop, but let it stand apart from everything else. You don't have to work in Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair. Let them have their own program. Give them their own time. And it's the same with, you know, uh, Nikki Ash, Rhea Ripley, Carmella, Zelina Vega. We don't need them all thrown in. Do Nikki versus Rhea. It doesn't matter if I don't like it. Who am I? One person. But you don't just need to sort of mix the cauldron everyone. We don't do that with the dudes, so I don't get why we do it with anybody else. There was something else. Oh, Veer is coming back to Raw again. That made me laugh. And I really did have a problem with the Alexa Bliss stuff this week. This ties into what I just said. You're going to do it, sweet. Massively awesome. You know, high five. I hope you like it. I truly do, because you don't want to sit down and watch an entertainment product and not enjoy it. I didn't like Jimmy Smith's line about the mental health thing. That's how they tied it in. And if you watch any of my stuff, you know I, I don't like the term, but I guess it's a term people are used to. I like to... Well, I am a mental health advocate. I think it's really important we talk about it, and it's really important that it becomes a very open conversation but saying oh we know that alexa bliss has health problems and she's like some crazy nut job going crazy in a <laughs> crazy crazy but going bonkers in a in a psychiatrist's uh place i don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way maybe that's on me maybe i need to be I need to toughen up a bit that's fine I, I totally agree with you but i watched it and kind of thought i don't think we need to tie those two things in so that was a worry and i just don't get the alexa bliss character i think i think she plays it well but in terms of what I want from my wrestling, it just goes over my head. But that's okay. Don't forget, that's perfectly fine. This kind of ties into the Cody Rhodes stuff, which I will bring in here. Because obviously it came out this week that Cody Rhodes is working without an AEW contract. In retrospect, it sounds like he just hasn't signed a new one yet. And AEW may be using this to tie into his awesome storyline, which I love. He's such a fascinating character. And a lot of people started going, oh, wow, maybe he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Maybe he's going to do this now. Come on. That was a stretch to, to say the least. I mean, why would Tony Khan allow that? Well, I guess you could say that if Cody did do that he's probably going back to WWE is my point I don't think there's going to be shared talent like that we may get between Impact and uh, NWA and other promotions but yeah all these people got slapped down like, you're rubbish you're stupid you're such a moron whatever happened to fantasy booking whatever happened to speculation and whatever happened to having a bit of fun with these nerdy passions that we do like that's the whole point I made a complete living on that stuff listen to me now I think Biggie should win the Royal Rumble what do I know nothing why do I why am I even allowed a microphone in front of my face I'm not Somebody should burst in here right now and kick me out, but they don't because that's what we've done in 2022. So if somebody wants to pretend that Cody Rhodes is going to be in a Royal Rumble, good for them. And it's the same with Alexa Bliss. If you're loving this, it don't matter what I say. It really, really don't. And I know I go on about this all the time, but I think we have all forgotten, every single one of us, even your mum doesn't watch wrestling, that you cannot expect to watch, you know, 20 hours of wrestling a month or whatever it is. It's more than that, to be fair, and enjoy every single segment. A, wrestling should be a variety show anyway, but B, it's just the, the averages, the percentages don't add up. There's no way. It's like if you watch every single Premier League football game in a season, you're not going to like every single one, but it's all football. It depends on how it plays out. Maybe you're willing to like defensive tactics. I mean, I doubt it, but you may be. Whereas most people want to see goals, goals, goals. So right there, you are going to get the line drawn. But yeah, I don't get... I don't get the Alexa Bliss stuff. But please get in touch and let me know what you like about it. I don't want them to stop doing it. I just hope eventually it clicks for me. It clicks for me in some reason. Omos destroyed Reggie. We all know about that. I mean, what else are you going to do with him? He's a seven foot three man. He should walk through and destroy people. I suppose we just need to make sure we put him in good stories. But I do like him. I think he's doing the best possible job he can do right now. And I don't like crapping over people for the sake of it, which I see a lot on the internet. I don't really... What do you expect him to do? A hurricane runner off the top rope? Probably die. And talking about stuff I can't get into, Maurice, Beth Phoenix, Edge, Miz, doesn't work for me. I like the fact they're doing the match. And what I appreciate the most is I bet they're loving it because obviously they're married couples. 
I mean, what better way to go, I think we've been successful in this company, where you're basically allowed to, to, to book your own angle. I did think Maurice was terrific on Raw. I thought she was really entertaining, and I think she gets her character well. But I knew where it was going to go. Edge versus Miz doesn't excite me. Beth versus Maurice doesn't excite me. So I, I think I'll enjoy the match. I think, you know, most mixed tags that WWE have done are fine. You know, they don't light up the world or anything, but nor do they need to. But I think it's disappointing given the people who are involved. But it's not the end of the world. We can go on to something else. Kind of teased that the Mysterios may break up at the Rumble too, because obviously afterwards Dominic threw, got thrown over the top rope by his dad. And I believe the commentators went, oh my gosh, he's been eliminated. It's like, you know, it's not actually the Royal Rumble, <laughs> dudes. You've been tricked that easily. No wonder you're wrestling commentators. But that was fine. I'm sure it will tie into something between Ray, Dominic, and the Street Profits who are also involved, which is good, right? At least they have a little narrative to play around with. And I did enjoy Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Hate the fact that Shelton Alexander and Cedric... Shelton Alexander. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander interfered at the end. I'm glad they're back on TV, but I kind of feel like WWE's using them as a crutch, which probably going to tie into the finish of Brock versus uh, Lashley. The great video on Raw for those two. My word, get out of your way to see that. So well done. Made me so excited for that match. It was ridiculous. But I did really like the match, and I did really like the fact that the Usos appeared afterwards. Like Seth Rollins was watching Bobby Lashley kill these fools. He turned around there, the Usos, basically performed their Roman Reigns Mafia hit, and then off we go to SmackDown, you know, where I guess Seth will be there too. I like the Roman Reigns-Seth Rollins face-to-face uh, -face on SmackDown as well. So many people, it was a bit boring. I was like, it was fine. Roman Reigns had his big line about Becky Lynch being the superstar of the family. And they just feel like superstars to me. And I also, I think Seth Rollins had a great 2021 and he's continued that into 2022, which is you know doubling up on what I said. I hope he does win at, I don't, but does he beat Roman Reigns? I mean, we'll talk about that next week when we do the prediction show. I need to see how the, the television sort of moves forward this week. Because I can't see it. But at the same time, I think it's probably what you should do. I don't think Seth Rollins loses that match. Maybe Brock Lesnar costs him the match. We got confused about this last week. I'm not going to do it again. I was trying to figure out how we get to Roman versus Brock with a title on the line. And I absolutely screwed up. So I thought Raw was fine. Am I being a bit nice? Yes. Yes, I am. But if you don't know this by now, that's what I do when it comes to wrestling. Because it's meant to be fun. Why? <laughs> Look on the bright side of life is essentially what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that Vince McMahon essentially threatened to kill Austin Theory and send a picture <laughs> to his mother, which was quite weird, given that earlier in the week, WWE had come out and said that, you know, AEW is all blood and guts and violence, and we're not like that anymore. And it is different because having a conversation is, is, is you know, complete opposite to showing it. But it, it, it felt a little bit tone deaf. And my thoughts on that, too, I don't care. <laughs> it's like a child. I don't care. But I don't care. Like, oh, Simon, do you think there's too much blood in wrestling? Simon, do you think it's too violent? I'll tell you when I watch it. I'll tell you when I watch it. Like, it's as simple as that. Did I think the uh, six man or six women, I should say, we did on Rampage was too violent? I mean, it was pretty damn super violent, and I want to see it all the time, but it certainly got me into the match, and I thought it was an engaging thing to watch. And, but, you know, I remember when John Cena and JBL had that fight. That was probably too much blood. Same with Eddie Guerrero. My word, he bled like crazy. But... I don't, th I don't think when it comes to wrestling, you should ever be pigeonholing anything. I think that's a massive mistake, a huge mistake. You know, I, I think you should, if you think the feud calls for it and you think you can get away with it, your advertisers and your sponsors, do it. 
Because there's going to be a fan base out there for it, and you could probably sort of get away with doing it here and there for people that don't like it. But if you draw a line under it and say, no, we're not doing it at all, I think that's stupid. What if you, all of a sudden this is what the fans are begging for? Because, because by accident, that's what you've built up. And if that happens in WWE now, let's say they do go to all their sponsors and say, look, we want to do this one thing. It's unlikely, but they all sign off of it. If they do do it now, all they're going to get is the hypocritical card, rightfully slow, thrown at them. So they're the kind of barbs that I don't like. I love barbs on, you know, in the show. <laughs> I love it when they take the mick out of each other. But when you're saying stuff that is pretty, well, again, hypocritical, I think that's just silly. I don't think it serves it serves anybody. With that said, however, I'm a big fan of all the of all the back and forth. Why not? Again, life's too short. Life's too short. And if you want to go take a pop shot with somebody, go and do it. Theoretically, I'm not telling you to go punch somebody in the face. Also wanted to talk about Mustafa Ali, who did request his release from WWE. I think it was on Sunday it happened. Now, this situation always cracks me up. I'm kind of, again, once more, we're just going round the roundabout because it kind of the same as the Cody Rhodes stuff. As soon as I saw that, I did a tweet and I was all like, man, I tell you, that Mustafa Ali, he can be a superstar with the right circumstances. And I got so many replies going, you don't know anything. What are you talking about? Rah, rah. Just running this man down. It's like, it's an opinion. You're allowed to have a different opinion. Look at me. I'm mad today. But like, you're allowed to think that Mustafa Ali is not going to be a star. You're also allowed to think that maybe he could be a star and WWE wasn't the, the place for him to, you know, to, to, to set his wings. As far as I'm concerned, what I've seen from him is we retroactively fit him into retribution. And if we had given him more time and allowed to do what he wanted to do, it would have worked. He then did the same thing with the SmackDown hacker. We did that tease with the Kofi Kingston feud, also good. Every he did that, uh, you know, promo on the street it was all black and white. It was cool then. He always has a really, really good message to say. He's really good in the ring. I don't understand why, given the right circumstances, he couldn't do it. It doesn't mean that he will do it. I don't know why I'm mad at you. You're, you're you didn't do this tweet, but it's just ridiculous. I would think. I love WWE. People pretend that I don't. I don't like some of their business practices at all. But in terms of them wanting to succeed from a creative standpoint, of course, I want to. I want to see. Excuse me. I want to see them do that. But I think it's fair to say that Mustafa Ali was never given a proper chance. He wasn't. To get over on television, you need to have consistency and you need to have continuity. Like, he needs to be able to embed himself in a role, explain the role, and go on from there. Now, once again, the rumors are that maybe he was pitched a storyline that he didn't want to do. So you'd have to presume that would be some kind of foreign hill. Because as far as I can tell from the interviews I've seen with Mustafa Ali, he never wanted to do that because he thinks it's... Well, dull and probably offensive, which it is on both levels. We've seen it time and time again. And I really do think in 2022, we should have moved away from that. Look when AEW tried to do it with the UK versus the, the USA thing. It wasn't a massive success. Now, I enjoyed the Cody Rhodes-Anthony Agogo feud maybe more than most because I'm such a fan of Anthony Agogo to begin with. I, I didn't think it was as bad as people thought, but I didn't think we needed to go down the UK versus USA line. No, it just... I like the USA and I like the UK and I like Norway and I like Switzerland and I don't know, uh, South Africa, pick a country. Like when it comes to wrestling now, I'm never going to get mad because all oh, that guy comes from, who do they do it with? Well, they basically did with the great Carly. So oh, he comes from India. I can't believe it. I don't care. Give us a flub. We're all human beings. Like, and I get how it worked back in the day because, but that tied into political tensions, if nothing else. Well, no, that's not true. There was a lot of nonsense there too. But for example, you know, the Sergeant Slaughter thing tied into the Iraq war. Uh, you, would, you always had some kind of Russian guy coming in because of, um, you know, communism or oh, no, terrifying and everything, everything like that. It's why, I mean, you did get Team Canada, but that was less than, I mean, they were from Canada, but it was less than being about Canada as well. They just hated America. Same with Bret Hart. I think when he did that thing in 1997, you could have done that with anyone. It didn't have to be from Canada. It just helped with Brett because he was such a big star in Canada that he was able to utilize that too. But again, you could have done it from, I don't know, somebody from Italy could have gone. Santina Morella did that a little bit. But 
I, I really do think, I'm not saying in AEW, I know everyone's terrified about everyone going to AEW now. I don't care where he goes as long as he's happy. I'd give him a shot in AEW. I think Ali has something has something to offer. And sure, we may get a year down the line and go, oh, we, we, we were wrong. I would very, very much doubt it though. But it's going to, at the moment, as of me talking, it will probably get revealed as soon as I'm done. He hasn't been granted his release. And of course, back in the day, you wouldn't be. Like Brody Lee tried to get out of his contract for ages. They wouldn't do it. Same with Neville. But they don't really have a leg to stand on anymore because they've released so many people. They'd have to have a damn good reason for not releasing you. And I think Mustafa Ali probably knows that, hence why he did the tweet. Like, there was a period when John Moxley left, for example. It was, oh, no, you don't do the tweet. That would just piss everybody off. And you may not get the uh, the outcome that you want. So, therefore, you should take your time and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the way that John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, did exit was tremendous, to be honest. He played that game perfectly. Whereas now, I think the, the, the goalposts have moved. But, look, if he wants out... I, I just I hope that he gets out because it's simple as that. We forget too many times that because we see them on TV so much and because they're characters that they are still human beings. So I hope whatever Ali wants to do, he is able to do it on whatever stage he wants to do it in. Maybe he wants to give up wrestling altogether. I very much doubt that. Just go look at any of his social media. But maybe that is what he wants to do. I like him a lot, though. I think he's great, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do next. What I don't want is what happened to Neville, Pack, whatever we're calling him. I don't want him starved on a on a brand because he's i want to i want to see him fly during his prime and given that there are so many options out there right now i think it'd be absolutely nuts you know to to not give him that opportunity but it's wwe you know you, you can never tell talking about people going into companies though obviously Brody king debuted in AEW last week i thought that was awesome and the house of black are taking on uh the varsity blondes on dynamite tomorrow night which is going to be really good and ties into the story once again, there were people all like, well, Brody King's not much of a game changer. Well, let's just wait and see with that. Like, AEW's tag team division is so good. And Brody King, if you've never seen him work, predominantly in Ring of Honor, I suppose, he knows what he's doing. But he also has this relationship with Alistair Black that's really fascinating. So I want to see where it's going to go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it, you know, I'm not his biggest fan. I never really watched as much Ring of Honor as I would have wanted just because there's only so much time in a day. So some things have to have to be sacrificed. But I know that I'm excited for that match. And I imagine those two guys are going to run through the Varsity Blondes. It will be interesting. And maybe something happens to Julia Hart. I think Julia Hart probably joins the House of Black, much as I hope that Layla Hurst joins Team Taz. This is my new bee in the bonnet. I hope that Layla turns on Chris Statlander. That probably should have happened on Rampage. Like I, I'm a big fan of eking stuff out, but sometimes you need to get a feel for things. And as far as I was concerned, we should have just done it then. But when she does do it, yeah, I would love it if she joined Team Taz. I think that would be awesome. So you got Taz, you got Hook, you got Ricky Starks, and you got Powerhouse Will Hobbs, you got Layla Hurst. That's badass, man. I, mean, I remember I compared Layla Hurst to Hook in the way that I don't want to say she makes me feel because that sounds weird on both ends of the spectrum. But I mean, when Hook comes out, he has this visceral response. And I think Layla Hirsch has it too. She doesn't have to do much without you going, well, who the hell is this? Because she uses her short stature to her favor, right? Because she's like a, well, like Taz, I suppose, which is probably why it would work. Right? The reason Taz was so good is because he was just this short, stocky dude that would try and kill you. And it's like, well, that's pretty cool. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. And otherwise, I don't think there's much else going on in the world of wrestling. I mean, the Mustafa Ali and the Cody Rhodes news were, were the big ones. I can't remember what I've said now because I've recorded this podcast in two halves. I had to go and sort something out with my house. You don't need to know about my personal life. Maybe you do care. I don't know. 
I imagine that he will just re-sign with AEW and this is just a fun extra for his character. And I'm really enjoying it. Like he did an interview saying he wanted to try different things. And maybe this is something that just landed in their lap. And like, well, you know what we could do? You know, my contract is up and of course I'm going to re-sign, but we can get it out there and, and see how people react to it. And you always have... Um, some people go, oh, the hardcore, f- uh, the casual fans don't care about this, but it doesn't matter. Casual fans are probably never going to hear about this. Maybe we just do a wink, wink, nudge, nudge on TV. Also, it's pretty easy to explain. Cody Rhodes comes out on Dynamite and Excalibur goes, oh, do you know he's working for, not for free, but, you know, contract free right now. How stupid do you have to be not to be able to understand that? And sure, we'll all go on the internet and we'll talk about it, but not everyone has to do that to enjoy the storyline. And... In maybe spoiler news, maybe. So I'll say it in case you want to turn the radio down and, and go away. Maybe give it two minutes, three minutes. Uh, it has been reported that Oscar is cleared to return, or she will be cleared to return before the Royal Rumble. And given that was on my notes, I probably sh- I'm going to change my Dana Brooke entry and say give it to Oscar. Oscar remains, despite winning a Royal Rumble, despite being a champion, despite going to, to WrestleMania, etc., etc., remains underutilized by WWE. That's how good I think she is. Like she's one of these people that doesn't have to say anything, but you're, you know, you're interested in what, in what she's going to do. So I, I, I love a comeback, and I love a comeback when somebody wins. Edge did it recently, right? Am I making that up? No, he did. That's how he got in the main event last year. So if we want to do it with Oscar as well, I mean, not as big a, uh, a going away party as what Edge had, obviously. But yeah, I would, I would love that. And then you could do Oscar versus Becky Lynch, which I'm also not against at all. I mean, I do get a little bit. Umandard, because like, well, what do you do with Bianca Belair? Although you could do Bianca Belair versus Charlotte, although that doesn't make any sense. I just want Bianca Belair to leave, <laughs> to leave uh, WrestleMania as the champion. And talking of Bianca Belair and WrestleMania, Sasha Banks is off TV at the moment because she's got an injury. And I also think, and again, I haven't heard heard her say anything, so I'm always a bit. I don't like to go too far in with this stuff, essentially. But I think her dad passed away, which is just horrible noise, constant horrible news. Excuse me, constantly. So. We may not see her for a while, which would be perfectly reasonable, but I just hope she's okay. Like, and that's has a stupid things to say. She's never going to listen to the show, and she doesn't care what I think. But when you lose a family member or a friend or whoever it may be, there's nothing worse than that. It's, it, 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 it's just the worst. So, you know, all, all the best to her. And as I just fly through my notes once more, yeah, that's it. Apart from the WWE MLW lawsuit, but I don't care about that stuff on here. I don't know what's going on. Apparently, WWE tried to stop MLW running a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> We'll see how it plays out. It's fascinating, and it's interesting uh, from afar. But what else are, what else are we going to say about it? I do like MLW, though. I've tried to watch that in GCW a lot more. Again, it's hard just because of the time thing. But they're both... If we, everyone keeps talking about this sort of third tier promotion that would exist, or second tier, I suppose. Unless, well, if we say WWE is A tier, and I think AEW is up there too. You know what I'm saying, below those two. I think the GCW and Impact and um, that one I just said, MLW, kind of fit in there. Two varying degrees, but there is certainly something interesting about all of them. And GCW, I believe this weekend, they're sold at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is where ECW used to run. And they're on Fight TV pay-per-view, so you can pay to see it. So I'm sure they're going to make a bunch of money. Apparently, John Moxley's going to be on that show, so he may very well turn up on Dynamite tomorrow night as well, which would be really cool. So that ticks a lot of boxes. And I love the fact that uh, AEW guys can turn up on indie events. Because if you've never been to an indie event, like as a wrestler, I'm very, very privileged now that I've done a few. And you soon realize why... It's so like working in those intimate venues is so cool because you can talk to the audience. You can kind of not do whatever you want, but there's a certain amount of leeway you get. And of course, I would love to perform on an AEW or WWE stage. I mean, how the hell could you not? But it is 
there is something really, really special about doing indie shows, which is probably why they all want to do them. Because they're like, well, this is, a, this is a load of fun, so why not? Before we do leave, and we'll talk about more AEW on Thursday after Dynamite, I just want to say how much I'm enjoying the CM Punk, MGF, Wardlow, Sean Spears angle. I think it's absolutely tremendous. I genuinely thought we were done with it at the end of 2021, but I was wrong, and now we're back in 2022. The uh, Wardlow CM Punk match was just Bret Hart versus Diesel from the mid-90s, but why the hell not? Wrestling is cyclical anyway, so why not do it? And I've seen a lot of people going, oh, you know, CM Punk shouldn't have rolled him up in that way. I mean, okay, I kind of get where you're coming from, but once more, I like to enjoy my wrestling. I thought it was the best way to build a brand new character, Wardlow, and get him over as a babyface, which he will do when he turns on MGF, but also ensure that CM Punk doesn't lose, which we don't want to do just yet, because I suppose we're holding it off for something bigger. And if you are going to use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, I think that's the way to do it. Obviously, he will take on Sean Spears tomorrow night. I imagine Maxwell Jacob Friedman will do something. And then I can only guess that it's going to be MJF versus Punk on the pay-per-view. But that pay-per-view is in March, right? Or is it Revolution in February? AEW Revolution 2022 is there. Bam. Yeah, March 4th. No, not March 4th. March 6th. Because March 4th is Rampage. I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a long time to hold it off for. It's basically six weeks, which is, which is going to take some doing. But I think you probably should do it there because if you want to get extra buys, to me, MJ versus Punk is a mega match. Or at least that's how it's coming across so far. I always want to see what they're going to say. I really like the fact that Wardlow's been inserted into it too, and I believe he will turn face at some point and probably take on Sean Spears first. And then when you come out the other side, I don't know because I presume whoever wins between CM Punk and MGF probably eventually goes for the world title. And what does that mean for Hangman and Page, who, of course, is um, feuding with Lance Archer right now? So that's my favorite thing on, on AEW. And another reason why bringing Punk into it was so good. I'm not sure how many other guys would have the well power, I suppose, to say, oh, man, we should do Brett Diesel versus you know, for, for this match and get it signed off. And that's essentially what Punk has been doing in all his matches because his Darby Allen match was a Bret Hart 1-2-3 kid match, right? I, I believe so. I haven't watched it in a while. And I've got no problem with people bringing Bret Hart stuff back into the conversation. And as we have mentioned Bret Hart, yes, he's doing an NFT. Look, I did a tweet that had nothing to do with Bret Hart. I just said you either die a hero or live long enough to release an NFT. Just because so many people were, uh, were releasing NFTs. But ultimately, if Bret Hart, Bret Hart wants to release an NFT, he can release an NFT. Do I want to buy an NFT? No. Am I already bored of how many times I said NFT in the last two minutes? Absolutely. But I really don't care anybody that makes an NFT, aside from all the negative stuff that comes along with it that you can go and read about, should you so wish. But that's enough talking about that. I hope CM Punk does more of it. And maybe eventually we get to CM Punk versus Brian Danielson and we do the we do the double turn, right? We, we do Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart and we do it that way, which I would be all about. I would love that. It would make me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. So that's pretty much everything going on wrestling at the moment, although I will check one more wrestling website, which always has... Good news update. And no, there is nothing. Oh, there's going to be a Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley weigh-in next week, which obviously makes no sense given that there's no weight limit. <laughs> but I love that stuff. Even though the Scott Steiner Triple H feud sucked, I loved it when they did their bodybuilding contest. I love stuff that feels like boxing and MMA. Even though it makes no sense in the world of professional wrestling, it's fantastic. And actually, I did listen to the Wrestling Observer uh, podcast today with Brian Alvarez and everybody's favorite Dave Meltzer. And the fascinating thing... That, uh, that I I kind of knew this already, but hearing it, you know, delivered in, in such uh, specific terms is that it's the whatever anniversary of the Ultimate Fighter today, which, of course, is UFC's uh, reality show. And it was Vince McMahon that kind of had the final say on whether this was going to go ahead because Raw was on spike. 
Spike officials went to Vincent Mann and said, look, we want to put this thing on after all. Would you be all right with that? Because, of course, it is, you know, it's combat sports. And Vincent Mann, not thinking UFC was competition, said, yes, that uh, ultimate fighter is predominantly how UFC was able to get so much momentum. And then years later, when they were renewing, Spike turned around and said, we don't need you anymore, WWE. You can go to the USA Network. We're going to double down on the UFC. And that wouldn't have happened without Vince McMahon. Funny how he doesn't talk about that one. I bet half of his ego really wants to. He just wants to shout out, it was me, it was me, Austin. You know, I helped with the UFC. UFC, but then he would also realize he has to talk about <laughs> getting kicked off a network. Did, we, did I mention this earlier? I can't remember now. I did, didn't I? I did talk about it. Vince McMahon wanted to chop up <laughs> Austin Theory and send a selfie to his mum. What is that? And what is going on? I know I've mentioned Austin Theory winning the Rumble. Well, what is the end game with this Vince McMahon and Austin Theory stuff? Because realistically, or in the world of KVO that we're watching, he beat him up. <laughs> this is like, how old is Vince McMahon now? I'm going to say 76, I think. He is 76. Yeah, he was 76 in August. So he's 77 this year. I mean, to be horrible, Vince. I kind of think Austin Theory could beat you up if he, if, if he wanted to. But I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely bizarre. There's also a news story that just came out because I typed in Vince McMahon's name that apparently he's given up on pushing Finn Balor as a top guy this comes from wrestlingnews.co i can't i don't know them so you know who knows but yeah finn was moved to the spot that jeff hardy had he's just there now to help get the younger guys over there was a pitch made to make him heal but that was weeks ago and i haven't heard much since vince never saw finn as more than a mid-card guy Heyman would have pushed him to the moon but vince just never saw it austin is going to get some time to shine in the rumble match last i heard he will be in the final four five at the end of the match the same source also told us that mcmahon feels theory will be a main event within the next year well there you go i mean I don't think you should write Finn Balor off. I think Finn Balor is terrific. I don't think there's anything wrong with him helping the young guys too, but I still think he has far more than that. And if that is truly how they do see him, one day he will leave and he'll remind everybody how good he is because he's absolutely brilliant. And people love him. Men love him, women love him. They just look at him and they swoon. And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that either. And he can wrestle, more importantly. It does seem nuts to me that he went down to NXT, completely rebuilt this character that was awesome, and then we just went, nah, don't worry about it. I don't know. We don't have to worry about it. We just have to watch and then moan on Twitter because that's what we do. Thank you very much for joining me as always. There will be another one on Thursday. That will be the Q&A show. So keep an eye on at Simon Miller 316. Give me a follow too. And when you see the tweet, you can ask me any wrestling related questions. Also do the same at Simon 316 on Instagram. I've got a cameo if you'd like a shout out. Birthdays, bar mitzvahs, Christmas. You just want me to say hello to somebody, I'll do it. I know it's weird. I totally agree with you, but I enjoy doing them. So I thought, flub it. Why not? Have a YouTube channel. Search for Simon Miller. Obviously, What Culture Wrestling. Check that out. Patreon.com for the Simon 316. Big Cartel. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com for merch. If you're into fitness supplements, GorillaMind.com for the Simon. Get 10% off all of the time. I, I use them. I rate them. You don't have to believe me, but I think they're the best in case you're interested. And shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for always being so nice to me. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me as always. I shall speak to you in 48 hours after Dynamite and we can see if Cody Rhodes is on the show and then go nuts about it. But otherwise, you take care and I'll talk to you later.